Blog Talk Radio. Before we jump into it, if you're looking for pro wrestling today at Buffalo, New York, Empire State Wrestling is happening. So get out there, support if you're near that. And also, I want to apologize in advance. My voice might be a little bit shaky. I'm recovering from a sinusitis, but I will get through it. But I might sound just a wee bit different. But I'm hugely excited as we resume. Funny haha mouth. We have one of our favorite guests back with us, first time in a long time. Jack the Ripper Stevens, how have you been? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. Uh, funny enough, you mentioned Empire State Wrestling. I've, I've wrestled for them back when I lived in Buffalo, so shout out to them. Absolutely. See, it all comes full circle. The wrestling world's a very small place. It really is. Well, like I said, we are in funny ha-ha month. We are talking to pro wrestlers that also have experience with stand-up comedy, and you, my good man, have experience in both those worlds. What led to you starting up stand-up comedy as a side career? Yeah, uh, so actually stand-up was first. Uh, I did stand-up before I ever did wrestling. Um and I was always sort of like the class clown growing up in school uh, and the uh, definitely the jokester. And, uh, you know, uh, I just got bored in, in school, so I had to make jokes to entertain myself. And uh, during high school, I would always go to a local comedy club and they would have stand-up nights like every, uh, every Thursday night. And uh, I was, I'd always go because I loved comedy my whole life. And then uh, this will sound bad, but one night I was watching somebody bomb on stage, and I was like, well, if I try this out, I at least won't be the worst one. And that was sort of my uh, my influence to get started. And then, yeah, that was like, I don't know, like 11 years ago, and I've just been doing it ever since. Now, I presume that when you got into pro wrestling, Buddy Wayne did not have a stand-up comedy course at his school what have you learned on your own how comedy can also help out with pro wrestling well first of all buddy wayne should have had a, a stand-up class because that dude was hilarious he was uh one of the funniest people i've ever met but um yeah i feel like there's there's a ton of crossover as far as just uh performing in front of crowds. And so when you get into wrestling, like promos specifically, like if you're doing a live promo in front of a crowd, like that's, uh, uh, it's so valuable to just be able to like go with the flow and not get uh, nervous or choked up or have uh, anxiety. Uh, so by, by the time I was doing promos and wrestling, I've, I've already had like hours and hours on stage talking to people. So I think that's the, uh, the biggest crossover, but there's also like a bunch of small things just as far as like, timing and reading a room like you have to know what jokes the crowd's going to like uh, and in wrestling you have to know what type of match a crowd's going to like and so you sort of have to like study the crowd before you go out so there's there's a lot of crossover as far as just like pacing and timing uh which comedy is all timing and wrestling is a lot of timing too so it definitely helps 
as someone that's been around for a while at both, which crowd do you feel is more harsh to performers that they may not like? Uh, definitely wrestling, which I think makes sense because in wrestling you're sort of like encouraged to uh, yell and heckle and, and boo the bad guys. Uh, whereas in comedy, um, there's there's no good guys or bad guys. Everybody's just trying to do their best. So if you're at a comedy show yelling and booing and uh, and heckling people, you just you're just kind of a jerk. So and that doesn't feel good. Whereas in wrestling, sometimes it feels good to get booed, you know, uh, or or have the the crowd against you. But that's uh, that's definitely its own thing. As a stand-up comic, do you think the crowd hecklers for wrestling were easier to deal with since at comedy it's kind of like you versus the hecklers? Did that kind of prepare you for pro wrestling a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah, at comedy, I always say, like, the, the difference with stand-up is you sort of have to, like, you go in and the crowd's already against you and you have to like win them over. Uh, whereas with wrestling, uh, pretty much as soon as you come out of the curtain, people either like, like you or dislike you. Uh, and I, I don't think in wrestling, your job is to win people over. It's sort of like to keep the status quo. Whereas in, in comedy, it's, it's all about like making that crowd like you, even if they, even if they don't at first. Now, I'm not asking for specifics or anything like that. But as far as pay goes, which do you think pays better, the comedy or the pro wrestling? So that's, I would say that it it evens out a little bit. For my experience personally, I would say wrestling pays more, but it also costs way more. Because for stand up, all you you know you just show up and you and you do your performance. But with wrestling, like you need the boots, you need the gear, you need a. Uh, like I, all my gear has like entrance jackets and gloves and yeah, elbow pads, knee pads. Like uh, every, you have to pay way. You have to pay to play when it comes to like wrestling. You have to invest in yourself, uh, and you know you have to be in the gym. You have to go to training. You have all these things that uh, it costs time and money to be a wrestler. Whereas with stand up, uh, it doesn't pay as much, but you're also not putting nearly as much into it. So it sort of evens out. Now, I've heard horror stories from both industries about uh, being stiffed on pay for promoters, on uh, bad working conditions, venues that were kind of questionable. As far as that type of thing goes, do you see the similarities, or is that something that's maybe a little bit exaggerated? Um. I've been very fortunate in the sense that I haven't had too many. I think I've only once in wrestling been, like, stiffed on pay. Uh, and it was sort of like – it was one specific show. They only, excuse me. They only ran one time, and, and nobody really got paid on that. But uh, in comedy, uh, I don't every, – everybody I've dealt with has always been super professional and, and, and uh, very fair when it comes to pay and stuff. So I've um, – I'm sure those things happen. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily exaggerated, but I personally haven't had too many too many experiences like that. But I'm also 6'3", so maybe people are just scared to try it, so who knows. That's very possible, too. Now, like I said, you come out of the Buddy Wayne Academy, and he has had huge success as far as his legacy with his school. There's a lot of great talent out of there, yourself included, obviously. You seem to have a different chemistry when it comes to working with other Buddy Wayne kids. Uh, not that you can't work with anybody, but it seems like the Buddy Wayne kids just have a special chemistry where they work together. Have you noticed that just from shows you do that things seem to click a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, uh, I, I'm always happy to work anybody, uh, but there is a special uh, connection you have with people from your own school because every, every move is taught a little bit differently depending on like what school you go to and stuff. There's no like, you know, there's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way, but it's like when you come to the, 
the Buddy Wayne Academy, you know everybody here is doing this the same way. Uh, and so things, uh, it's sort of like, it's just, it takes some of the guesswork out of it and there's a little more trust because you know uh, exactly where the people are going to be, when they're going to be there. Uh, and there's just like a comfort that comes with like that trust of like, oh, I've wrestled this person in training, you know, a million times. So I, I, I trust them. I know what they're going to do. Uh, whereas with working other people, different people, you sort of, there's like a testing out phase where you have to be like, is this person going to kill me <laughs> before you start like being too trusting uh, with your body and your health? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's a, a special chemistry, a special magic between uh, the people at the Buddy Wayne Academy. But I feel like that probably goes for most schools. The people, uh, you know, have, take it up a notch when they're working, uh, you know, their fellow students and other people. Now, I understand your favorite match is one that I had the good fortune to officiate. It happened to be the very first match of Rebel Kell, who's gone on to great, great success. Would you wrestle someone like that and it's their first match. In retrospect, how special is it that you get to say you were their first opponent when you see all the success that they have in the future? It it really means a lot. I don't. It's like a special. Um, I don't want to say like trophy, but it, it does. It does feel good. Like I was uh, the Voros twins. I was their very first match ever. Um, Jet Knight, I was his, who's in like New Japan now, I was his first singles match ever. Um, so I, I think Cody Chun, I was in his first match ever. Uh, Holly Lane, Rebel Kel. Um, yeah, so like it's, I don't know, it's very, it's very special because you know that's going to stick with them. I still remember like my first match ever. Um, and those are, those are big special moments. And so to, to be there, um, especially when it's with people you helped train and went to your school. So you've sort of seen their entire journey and you help them get to that point. Like it's just a very, uh, it's a very fulfilling, uh, gratifying experience. Uh, and it's because you see something in them and, and so be able to help bring that out and show that off in front of a crowd. It's just uh, it's a great feeling. It's something I never expected when I got into wrestling because, you know, I'm a selfish jerk. So it's like, it's about me, but then, uh, very quickly, it starts being about other people, your friends and the, and the people you care about and helping lift them up. So, uh, yeah, that was my favorite match for a lot of reasons. It was also the last one that Buddy ever got to see live. So it's uh, it's very special to me. And I'm glad you were part of it. I am as well. It's definitely one of my very favorite matches as well. And I know Buddy was very, very proud of all of you that match. He was beaming with pride once we got back. Now, you also have worked with one of the youngest Buddy Wayne trainees, that being his very own son, Nick. Uh, what's it been like seeing him start when he was about eight to where he is right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's been absolutely amazing. I could not be more happy for him. I genuinely consider him uh, my little brother. I met him when he was just five years old. Uh, and he was already in the ring uh, and he's just been, he's been such a fan of like the business and, and the magic of it and the art of it since he, you know, since he was a little, little kid. Uh, and then he was still a, a kid to me. And then I, I went to Buffalo for a, a year. And when I came back, he like, he had a man voice all of a sudden and he was, uh, he sprouted up like about a foot and now he's, uh, he's putting on size. He's in the gym like every day, putting on muscle and he's uh uh, man, he's just killing it. I, I was I was talking today about it. And like, I can't imagine being like 16 years old in high school and every weekend, like I'm getting flown to like New York or Vegas or LA and like all these cool places. And then you got like a math test on Monday. Like it's, it's such a cool, he's like a superhero. Uh, but yeah, to see, to see Buddy's legacy uh, live on in him and, and to see that that's you know, that skill and all that talent, you know, went straight to Nikki. It's it's so, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Um, and I always say that as, as tragic as Buddy's passing was, the silver lining is always uh, the fact that Buddy created this school and created this family so that even though, even though Buddy had to leave us early, he still set up this system where Nick had like, you know, just dozens of older brothers and sisters that were there to step in and help 
uh, you know, take care of him and guide him. And that's a responsibility that I take very seriously. Um, yeah, overall, I'm just so happy for him and all of his uh, success. Now, very recently, you had your first match at the brand-new Timber Pro Wrestling. You wrestled our very own J.B. Moonshine that show. What were your impressions of the first Timber Pro event? It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know what – you never know what to expect going into a promotion the first time, but uh, it was a it was a good crowd, a good locker room. Everybody, like, seemed really happy and energetic, and that's always what you want from a show. Um, and uh, I, perhaps the best part is there's a really nice disc golf course, like, two, two minutes from the venue. So I got to go check that out, too, which I'm always a fan of. How many comedy shows have you done where there's a disc golf course right nearby? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, not too many. There's one. I've done a lot of comedy shows in, like, downtown Bellingham where I live, and there is a disc golf course maybe, like, five to ten minutes out, um, but not, not, not as close. Uh, so I, I still have to give wrestling the edge there. Well, this time, my co-host QT is with us. He has questions, so I'll pass you along to him for a bit. Sure. Well, thank you, Sun Guy. Hello, Big Jack. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Pretty good. Um, Mr. Stewart, can you tell us how you lost uh, your weight prior before prior to joining the Buddy Wayne Academy? There was a stipulation where you had to lose some weight before entering the academy. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. Um, so in high, my whole life, since I was like five years old, all I ever wanted to do was be a pro wrestler. And then in high school, um, I weighed over 500 pounds, and uh, which was, you know, high school is a time where people are super accepting. And, and you know, so that was, that, was, that was good times. But, um, yeah, so I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And then my senior year, everybody had their plans to, like, to move or go off to different schools and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. And I, I didn't tell anybody because, you know, at 500 pounds, the idea of me doing anything athletic was uh, a joke so I didn't want to you know I didn't want to get laughed out of the building but uh yeah graduation I I emailed Buddy Wayne and I was like you know sir I want to train at your school Uh, and he said lose 200 pounds and then and then you can come train uh and so I didn't I didn't stay in touch or anything I was like okay and so for the next year my I didn't have a job I didn't have school my only goal was uh it was lose weight and so every day I would go to the gym for four hours in the morning uh, and then I would sleep and then I would do some sort of exercise in the evening, like uh, disc golf, basketball, ultimate Frisbee, just something a little more like playful, but still active. Um, and so I was on a 1200 calorie a day diet, which is really low, probably too low looking back now. But yeah, in one year, like a year to the day, I lost a little over 240 pounds. Um uh, and then, yeah, I uh, walked in to the, the first day, and Buddy just smiled and said, I'll take him. And that was, the, that was the start of the journey. Well, as you say, 1,200 calories uh, isn't that much. You must have ate a lot of salads without a lot of dressing. It, yeah, yeah. It was not – I'm a guy that, like, loves food, so it was not, uh, it was not very fun. Uh, it's basically you just sort of – have to rework your brain to be like, I'm not eating food for enjoyment. I'm eating it just for fuel. And you, you know, you have to get the bare minimum of fuel that you need because anything else is excess. And uh, it was a very strict, uh, very regimented, uh, you know, diet and lifestyle, which I can't, I don't think I want to live that way all the time. I'm still, you know, much more healthy now. uh, And I, I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot that I've found out, but yeah. Um, it was a really, it was a very hard year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a very hard, difficult year, but I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad that buddy made me do it. Cause if not, I think I might, you know, I might've even been more heavy. Who, who knows? Now, during this time that you were losing weight before the Academy, did you have access to a sauna? Because high school and college wrestlers, uh, sometimes use sauna. 
to lose weight? Yeah. Um, yeah, I go to uh, a gym in town called Bellingham Fitness, and I've been going there since uh, since high school, like 12 years roughly now. God, I'm old. Um, but, uh, yeah, they have a steam room and a sauna, and I, there's, like, nothing better than after a workout going and just, like, chilling in the in the sauna for a little bit. It's a great way to, like, decompress and then just, like, bring your, uh, bring your energy back down after a good workout. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Stewart, you took on Moose as an opponent at Defy's second anniversary show. How do you think Moose would have done against upstate New York competition? For, for let me see now, uh, for example, how could he have done an Empire State Wrestling Moose? I mean, he'd kill it. Honestly, uh, from Empire State Wrestling was great. They did not have a ton of, like, big guys. So uh, I would, I think Moose would fit right in uh, and they're, uh, yeah, they're a great company. They run awesome shows. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Moose does show up there someday. Uh, that feels like a good fit. Okay. What was the coldest temperature you ever experienced in Buffalo, New York? Oh my God. I don't, I feel like I've blocked that out. Um, yeah, Buffalo is either way too hot or way too cold, and there's there's just there's like a week in spring or something where it's like perfect weather, but mostly it's like six months of snow. Uh, I've I have never seen anything like it. Uh, and to the people that are in Buffalo, more power to you. That's great, but I uh, it's not not for me. It, was, it just was not for me. I I much prefer the rain over the snow. I'll say that. Well, guys, our other co-host has arrived. Uh, Jack, you know our co-host, J.B. Moonshine. I'll give it over to him for a bit. Hey, brother. (laughs) Hey, how's it going, Jack? (laughs) It's good, man. How are you? Good, good. So, uh, see, uh, I just kind of came in late to the party, so I don't really know any of the questions that were asked already, but we'll take a crack at it. Um, sure. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the, um, how, or, I don't know. How, um, how long have you been in the wrestling business? Like, let's say, like, you know. Yeah. Like, when did you this, debut uh, your very first match type thing? Yeah, this, this January, it'll be officially 10 years since I started training. Uh, and then my first match was, uh, I always think it's funny, it was 420, April 20th, uh, 2013. <laughs> uh, that was my first 20, match. <laughs> and against who? Uh, it, was a, it was in a battle royal up in, uh, up in Vancouver. <laughs> and my, I ordered my gear, and it, it showed up one day late. So my very, my very first match, <laughs> I'm just wearing, like, basketball shorts and a T-shirt because I had, like, nothing else. Uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo- I think most most people's first matches is always usually a battle royal or something. <laughs> yeah, it's very common. It's, yeah, <laughs> they, um, have you like? I mean, I've I've seen a few of your matches. I mean, besides wrestling me or anything, but uh, <laughs> um, you wrestled Dave Turner and other people. Have you ever had like the opportunity to wrestle any like actual name wrestlers or any you know? Yeah, um, I wrestled. Uh, I wrestled Moose. Uh, I wrestled Jeff Cobb, uh, Brody King, Jeff Brian cool. Cage. Jeff Cobb's the cool. Oh, man. Brian Cage. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't got a chance to work him, but I but I had got a chance to pitch his brain a, a little bit when he was in the locker room and stuff like that. He's he's a really cool guy and down to earth. Jeff Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the nicest dude, and uh, and legitimately, I think the strongest person I have ever met. That dude is unreal. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him do some stuff. Uh, how how uh, how was uh, working Brian Cage? That would have been like. Uh, it was really fun. We uh we wrestled at an outdoor show in Seattle, and uh, his plane got in. You know, it was like delayed or something, so he showed up to the like the locker room pretty much like five minutes before my music hit. So uh, it was a little, it was a little nerve wracking as far as if there was like no time to like, you know, prep or anything like that for the match. It was pretty much just, uh, 
you know, go out there and, and do your thing. But, um, uh, uh, but it was really fun. Wanna, I'd, I'd love a, I'd love a second <laughs> shot at it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hate having that all set and just call it in the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah, 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 you know, things happen. Um, see, what else do I have? Uh, um, okay, like, you know, um, everybody has, like, a wrestling bucket list or some or something like that or whatever. Like, I, I've always my, – my thing is going to be trying to save up because I've been wanting to go to Cauliflower Alley, so I'm hoping to do that next year. So, but like, yeah. if you do, you have like the yeah, do you have like the Russian budget list, like somebody that you would like to get a chance to work before you're done, or before you, you know? Yeah, um, I, I mean it's it's a long shot, but it's it's still possible. But uh, since I was like five years old, like Rey Mysterio has always been my guy. He's always been my favorite. Uh, I still I still think like today after like you know what is he like he's been at it for like 35 years or something and I still think he's one of like the best performers in the world like going today. Uh, he, he, he's the only guy that I know that's been doing this for like 40 years and still at 12. Exactly, exactly. He's still so he's so smooth. Everything he does looks like effortless. Uh, so he would be. It is. Uh, I, th- I think we could have a fun David versus Goliath type, you know, match. Uh, I I would yeah, that'd be the dream. I would I would I could die happy if I if I ever got to be in the ring with Rey Mysterio. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be cool. Like uh, now he did the chance to wrestle with his son or whatever, and freaking so like that that would be like cool. Um. See, what else do I have? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, have you ever, have you ever, uh, uh, or uh, I mean, I mean, I know you wrestled in Washington and this and that, but I mean, have you ever like how many states or how many have you ever really left like Washington to wrestle? Have you gone like other places? To, like you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I rest, I wrestle in in you know, uh, like pretty much up and down the Pacific Northwest. So you know, like uh, Oregon and then. Um, lots of stuff in Canada, like Vancouver, Kelowna. Um, and then when I lived in New York, I wrestled in, in like the Buffalo area. Um, and then I've done like, I've done like evolve camps and stuff and like ring of honor camps. Like I've done those in like New Jersey, uh, Texas. Uh, and then I've wrestled in San Diego, uh, somewhere, I don't even know, somewhere in South California. I wrestled, uh, I wrestled dirty Doug, but um and yeah I, i'm still hoping to, to you know cross a few more places off the list i'd love to like wrestle like mexico japan would be amazing um but oh, I've, yeah, I've done a little bit of, done a little a couple road trips for sure my my, my, my thing's always been that like, if i get a chance to I, was, I would love to go and uh wrestle in like t- tennessee or in kentucky or somewhere you know because with my gimmick or whatever i get over so big over there and and and, and yeah. to, over there wrestling is like church, you know. I mean, pretty everybody loves, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a little more like uh, a little more old school too, which I I really like. That's definitely my uh, I, uh my my favorite. My mine too. I've always been like the '80s and '90s kid type thing. I, I when I see and just watch somebody get DDT or drop on their head and then get right back up, I'm like, what the, you know? Uh, yeah, some yeah, of little- stuff, I'm like, I've always been. <laughs> I'm definitely more into like this a little slower pace, more like storytelling than yeah, the like high spot, high spot, high spot for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind doing a few, a few of the high spots or whatever. But to me, I mean, come on, if you get dropped on your head, you shouldn't be getting back up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some stuff. I'm like, really? Uh, WWE now, like sometimes it's just like I'm like, how many how many finisher moves do you have to do before you get to the end? <laughs> they're all invin- they're I mean, all invincible, man. Yeah, oh yeah, they're all superheroes. You know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> Superman and them. They have nothing on them. <laughs> exactly. It's it, it just some of my. I mean, beforehand, like in the eighties and stuff, you you see a finisher or that's it. Nowadays, it's like there's there's no such thing as a finisher anymore. So no, everybody kicks out of everybody everything. <laughs> and one one per, right. one person's finisher is like another person's like you know warm up move because uh, everybody's sort of yeah. like popping each other's stuff. So like yeah, yeah. It's, it's just different. But yeah, I, I prefer I like that old yeah like late eighties nineties that kind of stuff is uh, that's just the golden era for for like in the it, ring it stuff, was, you know. 
I, I, I formed my gym at the end of life because I loved Hillbilly Gym and the Godwins and stuff like that or whatever. And so, so I kind of formed my gym more around them, but like if they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And they, they probably were. Yeah, they probably were. You never. <laughs> they were always too happy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'm damn running out of ideas. The only thing, the only other thing I want though is that I think is that yeah, I don't know CPW or somewhere, but you and me need a rematch because that little low blow thing that you did to me wasn't very wasn't very nice. Wasn't very. Nice. I mean that's. That's open to interpretation. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if it wasn't called, then it, it had to be legal. That's all I'm saying. I, I saw the resort. I, I, I think the referee was a little blind on that. I didn't see it. I, 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 I have no knowledge of what to speak. <laughs> well, I'm definitely uh, down but, for but, a rematch. I'll say that. That that I would want. I would definitely would like to have a rematch. It was fun wrestling you and getting a chance to work you and stuff. But I guess I'm not ideas. So sign down. I guess I'll leave it up to you or QT. <laughs> All right. Well, QT, go right ahead. Pick back up. Okay. Uh, thank you, JB, for those questions. Um, Mr. Stewart, in his prime, yeah. about 35 years ago. How long do you think Jerry Seinfeld could have lasted in the ring with Ray Mysterio? Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, man. Um, not long, honestly. I don't think very long at all. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was very funny. He never he never struck me as, like, a tough guy. Uh, I don't know if he's ever been in a fight in his life or anything. He doesn't seem like the type. Um but who knows? Maybe with the right jokes, you could like distract the guy long enough or something. But um, I, I, I don't think he wins that fight. Oh, okay, okay, very good. All right. If you yourself could time travel, or if wrestlers had a time machine like Stewie Griffin, how could you have done in a celebrity match against the 1985 Chicago Bear lineman and defensive back Refrigerator Perry? How how could you have done against them? Oh man, I'm glad time machines don't exist, so I don't have to find out. But I don't think very well. <laughs> I uh, I uh, you know football players. Uh, I played a little bit of football, uh, and it's it's a whole different type of uh, of sport. I'll say that much. But it's uh, it's very aggressive, and uh, my wrestling style is a little more um, artistic. I'll say I don't know. So as much as I would have loved to meet him, I think he would have absolutely destroyed me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Mr. Stewart, you currently live in Bellingham. Do you have your own garden up there? And if so, do you grow pumpkins? Um, I do live on like a little bit of land. I haven't gotten like into gardening and I don't have any pumpkins, although I am Jack the Pumpkin King, obviously. But um no, no garden or anything, but I do I do have a little bit of property, so maybe I should uh maybe I should get on that. Okay. All right. Have you ever wrestled on a card at Western Washington University? No, and I never have. It is just down the street though, so that'd be great if they uh if they ever ran the show. Well, I, I'm I'd like to see them give you an honorary uh tassel, like a cap. A cap with a tassel. I- I think they like emerald. Yes, like a, like a, a. I think they have a different tassel if you receive a master's rather than a bachelor's. I'd like to see you get a master's tassel, like in like in history. I like where your head's at. Let's try, let's try to make that happen. Oh, okay. If I ever come up to Bellingham to Western Washington University, I'll try to get you a cap with a tassel. Perfect. I yes. appreciate that. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that because uh, the uh, professor uh, or, or the poet laureate was one of my favorite wrestlers. Great. There's because, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Nick Radford, but I feel like he's sort of like taking up that mantle these days. He's a, a definitely a great poet and a great wrestler. Oh, okay. Uh, have you ever thrown frisbees into a crowd with poetry into on the frisbees? 
that sounds like a pretty fun gimmick. If I ever, if uh, if there's like a really nice heel turn coming, that's what I'll do. I'll come out and just whip frisbees as hard as I can into the crowd. Yeah. Um, no, that could that could very much injure somebody. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But it's a, it's hilarious to think about. So who knows? Maybe down the line. Oh, all right. I just just don't try to hit JB Moonshine with a frisbee. No, no. That wouldn't be good. Okay. No. All right. Well, Mr. Stewart, did you ever have a chance to meet Buddy Rose before he passed? I did not, unfortunately. No, I think I think Buddy Wayne is my only my only wrestling buddy. Okay. All right. Well, who who of the wrestlers in the Northwest would be your number one pick to be a partner in your stand-up routine, bearing in mind who would be your cheese? To, uh, I mean, your cheat to your Chong or your Dan Aykroyd to John Belushi. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I'm going to exclude the wrestlers that have done stand up because I feel like that's not fair. Uh, but I would say I would have to go to Cody Chun, uh, classic Chun. He's uh, in and out of the ring. He's just like one of the absolute funniest people uh, that you'll ever meet. He uh, there's, you know, uh, there's there's times on road trips and stuff where I will just be like crying laughing. Uh, he is the uh, the funniest dude, and I'm glad people get to uh, get to see that side of him in his, his ring work as well. He's a very funny wrestler. Oh, very good. Okay, all right. Well, as part of a comedy team, how did you like Gene Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in Stir Crazy? Uh, I mean, I have I actually have not seen that movie. I'm sad to say, but I do love both Gene Wilder and uh, and Richard Pryor. Uh, like uh, Blazing Saddles is uh, oh my god, just a, just like an all time favorite. Um, so I'll have to add that to my watch list, I guess, if if you recommend it. Yes, we often assign homework assignments on the Turnbuckle <laughs> Terminal Show, and I would recommend you look up uh, Gene Pryor. And uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in the cell with Grossberger. <laughs> I'll have a, a report on your desk by Monday. Yes, Grossberger is a big man who was indeed, uh, uh, he tried out for an Olympic wrestling team, and he was the alternate, I believe, for the Netherlands, uh, for the oh, wow. um I think it was Greco-Roman, huge man. He plays one of the biggest convicts in the in the uh, movie Stir Crazy, and he shares a cell with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, much to their uh, nervousness at first. Yeah, I would imagine that guy would make me nervous yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, I, I think legitimately the guy goes. Did go around oh six foot two three hundred and eighty pounds. Good lord, yeah, that's that's intimidating. Oh yes, very intimidating. Okay, well that's uh that's good. We assigned you that homework assignment. Very good. Okay, well, Mister Stewart, can you recall where you were when you first saw Sam Kennison on stage? Oh man, I mean, never live, um, but I've, I've definitely watched uh, like stand-up videos uh, over the years and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, he's definitely like got his own comedic voice. It's it's hard to uh, uh, it's hard to like compare him to anybody else. He's just so like his own you know his own energy, his own creature. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely fun to watch. But I, I don't remember a specific uh, first time, but I've definitely watched uh, his work over the years. Did you like his role as history professor, Mr. Turgeson, in the movie Back to School? Again, I'm so sorry. I'm not a movie buff. I, I have not seen that one, but I will I will add it to the list. Oh, okay. Uh, put it this way. Mr. Turgeson asked Rodney Dangerfield a question about the North Vietnamese conflict, and Rodney Dangerfield happens to have a pretty good com- comeback in the movie Back to School. I bet he does. Oh, very good. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Stewart, do you remember the scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure 
when he was in the biker bar and the bikers were debating what to do with him and suddenly the crowd gets kind of shoved aside by the female and she said, give him five minutes with me. My question is, do you know who this, have you seen this iconic scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? And do you know who that female biker was? So I definitely have seen that movie, but it was when I was a little kid. So I don't remember who the actress was, but I'm dying, I'm dying to know. She was none other than Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, okay. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm just wondering if, uh, which uh, comes into my next question. Do you think Elvira would have been a good heel or baby face? Oh, man. Uh, that I think she could probably do both, but I, that's such a good question. I don't know. I feel like her career she's always leaned into more being likable but uh, so I would I would lean towards like baby face but her character is so like naturally like dark uh and more you yeah. know towards the evil side so I, I think she could pull off both pretty well yeah what if she she herself could time travel and wrestle Al Snow that would have been there something. you go that would have been Elvira versus Goldust there we go. That would be that would be fun to see. Elvira could be like she could have been like Taker's manager for a while. That would have been fun. Uh, yes. Or somebody uh, somebody else. And then you have like her going in promos against like Paul Bearer and stuff. It writes itself. Yes. Yeah, that would uh, that would have been something. And we all. I got a text message from someone named El Elavina Vertigo from Longview, Washington. Um, how what was your resting pulse before you joined the Buddy Wayne Academy, and when you lost the 200 pounds, and you and you probably lost a little bit more when you were at the Buddy Wayne Academy? Can you compare or tell Elevina Vertigo your your uh, resting pulse rate? Yes, that's what you want uh, to know. Unfortunately, I have no idea. Uh, I, I really don't know. I know I was very nervous. Uh, but that's you know that's that's the best I can give you, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I only ask this because one of our top milers in American history, one of our greatest middle distance runners, Jim Ryan, who broke the four minute mar mile mark in high school, um, he had a resting pulse of thirty eight beats a minute. Thirty eight. Wow. Resting pulse, which means his heart work about half half as efficiently or um, fifty percent better than the normal uh, American resting pulse. Well, I I will say, and I don't I don't know if this means anything tied to it, but when I was in like my prime, when I was doing that like a year of working out every day, uh, I got an, a leg injury, and so I went to get uh, an ultrasound on it, and the the lady who was working the ultrasound said that I had the biggest veins that she had ever seen in her like 20 years of working in the medical field. And she said I had Olympic athlete sized veins, which was, uh, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds impressive. So I still like telling people that. Well, it sounds like you had uh, like veins, like a swimmer, you know, because they uh, think about how fast they go in, in the water. Yes. They got to have, uh, Huge amount of blood carrying veins pumping back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Dystolic, dystolic and um, what is the other one? Dystolic pressure, uh, systolic and dystolic. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, what I'm getting at is I'd like to see a wrestler known as the systolic kid. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> That's not a bad gimmick. We'll make it happen. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Stewart, good luck on your um, homework assignment in looking up Grossberger in the movie Stir Crazy, and I'll give it back over to Sign Guy at this moment. Sounds good. Oh, okay. Thank you, T. Thank you. Well, Big Jack, I know merchandise has in the past been a thing for you. What's your current merchandise like? Uh, so I... 
I th- it might. This is a weird one. It might stem from like a little bit of imposter syndrome or something. But I've I've never had merch uh, in the ten years I've been doing this. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I I don't want to get super into it. But I feel like the fans are the ones that pay money to see the show, and that's what pays the wrestlers. And so I feel it's a little greedy, maybe a little bit, to try to get more money out of the fans, where I feel like, you know, the fans are the reason that we get to do this stuff. They're already, like, paying the bills. And, uh, so I appreciate the fans too much to try to sell them, like, uh, a bad a bad T-shirt or something. So I don't know. Maybe in the future I'll get merch. But um, it, to me, and I, I, I don't fault anyone else for doing it, but for to me it always felt a little, like, a little of that old-school uh, carny type of wrestling and I just uh, I think there's other ways to support uh, wrestling if you want to support me and my my endeavors like just come to a show watch my wrestling you know follow me on my social media like that's how you uh, support me and my art and so uh, that's yeah that's all I got to say about that I guess speaking of card I know Buddy Wade had to have spoke it did he teach that at the school so, yeah, that's the craziest thing. Uh, a, a really weird coincidence. For some reason, my grandmother, uh, she on my dad's side, she knew how to speak Carney. And so she taught it to my dad. Uh, and my dad taught it to me when I was a kid. And I never, I never knew that it was anything tied to wrestling. I just, I knew Carney my whole life. And then it was like, six months into training uh, where one time uh, I was at training and buddy was there and his wife Shauna came in and they said something in Carney to each other. Cause they didn't want like the class to hear it. And I had this moment where I was like, like, Oh my God, like you two speak Carney. Cause I'd never met anyone else that did. I was like, you two speak Carney and buddy like spit out his drink. And he's like, you speak Carney. Uh, cause I had no idea it was a wrestling thing. I sort of, I lucked out cause yeah, I, I speak it, uh, you know, fairly fluently, but, uh, no, it's not something that buddy teaches. Uh, but it's been, it's been nice to know cause during classes and stuff, I could, I could tell him thing across the room without like cluing in everybody else. That was like a nice little, a, a little bond that we had too, which is always appreciated. Is it, she's up for busy. Well, that one's that one's tough over the phone. <laughs> I I can see that. Yeah. Well, we have a few minutes left of the show today, and I want to give that time to you. If there's anything you want to plug, promote, say, floor is yours. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I haven't talked too much about it, but I've been working on. Uh, I started stand-up like 12 years ago with uh, a good friend of mine, Nathan Romano, uh, and he, we have been like best friends in comedy ever since, and uh, him and I are working on a a podcast together, a little project we're working on, Uh, and we're trying to record everything, uh, we're doing it in like seasons, and so we're trying to record everything for season one first, get it all produced and ready to to put out, and then we're going to put out the entire season. Uh, and we're hoping before the end of the year, and if not, you know, right at the start of 2022. Uh, uh, but, yeah, we've got, like, I think 10 episodes recorded, and we're shooting for, like, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 for our first season. And we are hard at work on that. So if, uh, if anybody is interested, uh, just stay tuned to my social media. And I am Jack Stands Up on Twitter, and then I am Big Jack Wrestles on Instagram. And other than that, again, just follow my social media because I'm sure I'll be uh, wrestling or doing comedy somewhere uh, near you. And if I'm not, then I also post lots of clips from both, lots of my wrestling, lots of my stand-up, and also just a bunch of dumb videos about me playing disc golf, which is uh, one, of my, one of my new favorite hobbies. So a uh, little bit of everything, jack-of-all-trades. Uh, yeah, just follow me on social media, and we'll, uh, we'll have a good time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We definitely appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Folks, if you've not seen Big Jack, rectify that. Go to the YouTube search about fantastic talent. You'll definitely be happy that you did. But as we wrap things up, J.B. Moonshine, you got anything you want to promote? JB. Oh. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote? 